Thank you for joining me for this episode of People Know Stuff. If you know stuff, I'd like you to be a guest on my program. Please visit my website and drop me a line. Hi, this is Deborah Butler, and thanks for joining me for People Know Stuff. And today, I have Rico Walker, and Rico Walker knows stuff about grilling. Now, let me say that grilling is one of those sacred activities, and uh, I know this. I know this. Um, And people really take their grilling seriously. So, Rico is going to speak to stuff he knows about grilling. Probably, he could probably hold his own in any conversation, and particularly among those who are uh, among the grilling cult. But he's going to just give us some broad ideas today. So, Rico, hello, hello. Hello, Deborah. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Rico has a history of grilling. He actually had... uh, business kind of a side hustle right Rico for a number yeah, of years. I, I, that's what I would call it a side hustle definitely yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and it was actually not something he so much set out to do but it, it was more of a pull strategy the the customers were pulling on him saying hey you know your your food is delicious can you make some for us and we'll pay you and it sort of grew into a exactly how it happened exactly how it happened yeah yeah yeah. um and so rico grilling so i know you've got several just broad points that you can help us think through for the occasional griller um and so i guess the place to start is what where do you start when you think about grilling what you're well, going to grill I, or? I, definitely what you're going to grill, what you're going to grill and how does it have to be prepared in order for it to be ready for the grill? Um, as far as seasoning, there's a lot of different meats like beef that you you want to season early. Chicken, you want to season that early, maybe the day before, or a few hours before and let the seasoning get in there really deep so that it, it, it tastes flavorful. Um, and Keeping that already is is probably key to the start of it. So chicken, beef, it's really smart to start the day before. Start yep, the day before because the seasoning gets in there a lot better. It just tastes better when you when you start to season it early. Now, what are what are your suggestions about seasoning? Again, broad strokes, because I know there's several things you want to talk about. Of course. Well, when when you're talking about things like beef, there's it's a little tough as well. So once you season it early, the 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 seasoning kind of tenderizes it and gets gets it ready to eat. But um, as far as flavors, what you would like, like I have a um, a jerk chicken that I like to do a jerk chicken breast. So I take the jerk seasoning and I I put it all over the chicken the night before and it really gives it a, a strong flavor versus if I would just put the seasoning on there right before I grilled it, it wouldn't be as as profound penetrate. flavor. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, where do you go for seasonings? How do you find a you know seasoning? Do you buy it at the grocery store? Do you make it? Do you? My favorite place to get my seasonings is at the DeKalb County far- Farmers Market. Um, the Farmers Market is good because they do a lot of the herbs and seasonings in. I wouldn't say in bulk, but it's a larger quantity and it's for a cheaper price. If you go to any of the grocery stores, they'll probably have a smaller container of it and it uh, it'll cost more than you would find it at a, the farmer's market. So that's why I love the farmer's market. They have a, a wide variety of different flavors and um, you can really uh, try different things as well. I'll I, I pick up a seasoning just because I like what it says on the front. And I just try it out just just to see how, the you know, how the flavors are going to make my food different because you you still have one chicken, but you can make it taste so many different ways just just from the seasoning alone. Sure. Well, what about um, the the type of grill you use and the temperature? Well, that that can be very deep because some people like to cook over open fire. And that's that's typically what grilling is, cooking over open fire. However, there's ways that you can dampen the fire a little bit so that it'll be smoke. You use like you'll you'll offset the fire to where the fire isn't directly on the under the meat, but it has a barrier to go through. So now it cooks it a lot slower and it uses the smoke from the charcoal or the wood to flavor it more and cook it slower. So when you cook meat slower, it tends to be a lot more tender and um, have a lot more flavor as you cook it slower. If you cook it too fast, it's going to be tough and uh, you might even burn it. So yeah, yeah, that's probably a mistake that a lot of people make is know how to, you know, just the, Amateur griller doesn't really know the difference between grilling, o- open fire, and smoking. And you right. can do both in the same mm-hmm. grill. On, the, on the, some grills, you can do both. Some grills are huge to where they have a smoking side and a directly over the fire side. I have a um, um, a Komodo Joe. It's built like an egg. And um, I love it because it, it has um, porcelain slots that's inside. And they disperse the heat differently, which makes makes the food cook a little bit more round it's instead of like so if you imagine you put some meat over the top of fire it's going to cook on the bottom faster than it will on the top but certain grills like the komodo joe cooks more round in the circle with the heat oh, so okay. it cooks the meat through all almost at the same time so that that's a difference in a grill that can make a big difference in how long it takes to cook and uh how how the meat is going to taste afterwards because it also keeps moisture in, which puts the moisture back in the meat and not just cooks it all out. Well, what about if you just have an inexpensive little Weber? Um, can you create a smoking situation with a little Weber? You can. It's depending on how much space you have in between the charcoal and where the actual griddle is because you need something to go in between this area. Now, I've seen people uh, add like porcelain, uh, like a piece of porcelain slab or something like that in between that keeps the heat directly off the the meat. Where, where that, do you get a porcelain slab? Um, the ones I have come with my grill and you can order them like you go online and you can order a, um, a not porcelain, but ceramic. I'm sorry. It's a ceramic. ceramic. And, okay. and basically what it does is it kind of like holds the heat and disperses it 
That's even it. if that makes sense. Sure, but you sure. can book. You can order them online. They have pellet smokers. I don't have one. I never use one, but there's pellets that you can put inside the grill, and they basically flavor the meat because those are it's that's what's burning, and it gives off the smoke. Depending on what wood you use, you can use mesquite. You can use uh, hickory. I like that's my favorite hickory. But you can use different type of woods, and like I said, the the pellets that they have now, you can put those pellets in there, and those are pretty much. Uh, um, they hold flavor. So when they're burning in your grill, they'll, they'll flavor your meat as well. So if you did, if you had a Weber and you bought some hickory pellets, mm-hmm. would that be about the same as creating a smoker? It'd be similar. You will get a lot of the smoke flavor, but you, you will still have, uh, unless you get the heat directly off the meat, You'll still have it. It it is still it won't be smoking it. It'll, it'll really just be cooking it with the smoke. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. I'm, I'm oh sure, sure it know. does. Right, because you still come back to having to get that barrier. Right, and to keep the and fire directly good. off of it, so it can kind yeah. of like cook slower. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that ceramic uh, platform. I mean, can you rig something like that, or you really have to buy the the right equipment? I would buy the the right equipment. I mean, you could rig anything. I'm sure that's how they created it in the first place. <laughs> and somebody said, you know what? We need to package this. But um, you can definitely create um, a situation. I've seen people use um, barriers like, uh, what is it, palm leaves. I, I don't know if you've ever seen them cooking in Hawaii. They, they'll take a whole hog and wrap it up and put it under the ground, but they use the palm leaves to keep the heat directly off of it. And, uh, you know, so it's so many different ways, so ancient ways that people cook uh, their their meat. And um, it's so many different ways. But, yeah, that, that's definitely one way to keep keep the smoke off, to keep the heat off the, the meat directly. Yeah, create some kind of barrier. Yeah. Right, right, right. And the obvious one, as you say, is the ceramic. Um, or or you, um, you cook... Offset. So if you have a big enough grill, you can put all your charcoal and your wood on one side of the grill and you can put your meat on top of the grill on the other side to where it's not directly over the fire. So that way you still get the smoke and you don't get direct heat. You just get the, you know, the nice smoke from the from the wood. Yeah. Now we're talking exclusively about charcoal. We're not talking about gas. And That's totally different. I, me, myself, I wouldn't call gas grilling um, grilling <laughs> to yeah. a certain extent, you know, because really what I love about barbecue, in a sense, is the flavor that the charcoal and the wood is going to give it. Yeah. And if you cook on with propane or gas or anything like that, you can't get that. You can get yeah. the charbroil, you can get you can get the, the the lines, you can get all of that stuff, but you can't get the smoke flavor that I look for out of charcoal. Now, you it's real quick and it's a lot easier. You don't have to set up charcoal because that's the next thing, getting your fire started. That's yeah. probably one of the most difficult things I see that I've had a problem with when I first started grilling. Getting a fire started and keeping it going and and knowing when it's hot enough to start start grilling and knowing when you might have to add more charcoal in order to keep it going because you have more meat. You don't want the, the, the fire to be dead and you still have a whole rack of ribs or something like that to go 
on. So um, preparing yourself in that way is important as well. Well, say a little bit about that, because that is the science of building a fire and keeping it going. And what what can you tell us about that? Well, some of the easiest ways, ways is to you get a I, I get a funnel like a I can't think of what it's called, but it's a, a, a tin uh, canister and mm-hmm. I just dump all my charcoal in there and it helps the fire breathe. I use lighter fluid and uh, I just light it from there. And once it's in this canister, it breathes well and it gets the charcoals really hot. And then I just pour all the charcoal into the grill. Uh, however, you can you could do it many different ways, but you want the charcoal to get hot on the inside and to a point where you can see the charcoal turning white around the edges and you can almost see the like the fire it almost looks like lava inside the charcoal and you know it's ready then. but if it's not there yet and you put your food on too early you'll get the flavoring from the lighter fluid and some charcoals come with lighter, lighter fluid inside of them so that has to burn off before you put your meat up there or you're going to get your meat to taste like lighter fluid and, and the, the part of the charcoal that you don't want. You want it to burn a little bit before you put your meat on there. Yes, I hear where it really comes down to experience to know how to recognize the... But that's what cooking in general, and, unless you're in there with somebody who's cooking to show you what it looks like, what it feels like when it's done, um, you, you don't have a clue. And I guess that's the next point is a thermometer. I, I didn't use one probably my earlier years, but just maybe five or six years ago, somebody got me a, a thermometer as a gift with like a grilling set because they know I love the grill. And I said, you know what, I'm going I'm to use this thermometer, especially with things like chicken breasts, because other meat ch- with, with uh, legs and leg quarters and um, maybe even ribs and that type of stuff, you wanted to cook a little bit longer. But with things like chicken breasts, it's real sensitive. And if you cook the chicken breast too long, it's going to dry out yeah, and it's going to yeah. be, and nobody's going to want it. So mm-hmm. to know exactly what the temperature is, you get the thermometer and you can push it down in there and it'll tell you. So most, uh, you can go online, Google or anywhere and it'll tell you exactly how, how what temperature is chicken breast done at. And uh, once you, once you find that out, now you know, you know, when to take it off because not always does it look done on the outside. It may look done on the outside, but not done on the inside. There you go. Because that's the other danger is chicken, chicken overcooked or undercooked. Uh-huh. Yeah. You don't want to, yeah, that's that's yeah. a problem you don't want to have. You get people yeah. really sick. Yeah. So the thermometer is, uh, is I think, pivotal when it comes to cooking any type of chicken or any, any type of meat, really any at all. But uh, definitely chicken, things that have blood still in them. Um, yeah. I guess it's going to be all meat, but uh, essential equipment is essential. Definitely. And then in terms of um, you've got it cooked and you're going to serve it. Any tips on what to keep in mind as you're, you know, transitioning from having cooked it to serving it? Right. You want to make sure that you do not cut your meat when it's still hot. You can keep that meat full and solid, like maybe even ribs or um roast or some anything that you're you're you taking off the grill is still hot let it rest for about 30 minutes to an hour if you can some people are they're ready to eat right now 
But if you have to cut this meat up after you've cooked it, you want to let it rest and let the juice kind of settle. Because what happens when you cut it directly after the grill, all the juice is going to flow out of it because it's still so hot. But if you let that juice kind of sit, it's going to go. I don't know if this makes sense, but it kind of goes back into the meat. So it gives your meat more juice inside flavor and the juice stays there instead of you cutting the meat directly after you pull it off and all the meat juice runs out. And now you're, you know, that could have been inside the meat, which makes it so much better. How do you keep it hot during that half an hour to an hour? Do you wrap it in aluminum foil? Once you, once you take it off, you can let it rest. You can keep keep something over the top of it. But uh, it I use burners sometimes. Like when we had, we just had a party this weekend. We had all the the food on burners. I might might even put it in the oven on like warm after I've cut it if I'm not not serving it right away. So it just it just all depends. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me just tell you one thing. Um, I'm hearing where there's really a, a a science experimentation you got to have a learning curve so you're not showing sure. up giving tips to you know in order to really be good you got to move from total um beginner to at least you know uh seasoned amateur status because right. yeah there's quite a bit to it no, and, there's a lot. and i and i also want to note as i have in the past that when you talk grilling you're in the sacred school of not gas but you know really charcoal um, charcoal or wood yes ma'am yeah yeah, yeah. so you gas is not grilling <laughs> <laughs> gas is not grilling gas the church of grilling does not include mm-hmm. the um shortcut centers of uh gas yeah. No, ma'am, it does yeah, not. Yeah. Now it could be fun, and it, you know it does the it does the job, but it's not the same. There and anybody, go. even all over the neighborhood, once you get a grill going, everybody knows it. It's some it's just something about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I sure do appreciate you sharing your um, sacred knowledge, and um, <laughs> it was really fun hearing it. And um, yeah, I. I think it confirmed for me that I'll leave the real grilling to <laughs> Yeah, or unless you want to get started. It's never too late to get started learning. You get you a small grill and go from there. All right. Thank you so much, Rico. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of People Know Stuff. If you know stuff, I'd like you to be a guest on my program. Please visit my website and drop me a line.